My next guest went from making $6.50 an hour to owning $1.7 million worth of properties. Like I stated earlier, she's a 25-year-old, and she's a mother with an amazing testimony. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the CEO of Rosebud's Investment, dubbed the millennial millionaire, Jamisa McIvor. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I think I need to take you everywhere I go. Well, guess what? I would mind, you know, I wouldn't mind following you. You know, you know, I, I would say good things about you. I, all I needed to do was add some applause. <laughs> and you, so where are you calling me from? So I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm originally from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just moved like to upstate Pennsylvania. Okay, about cool. Two hours away from there. So you're a Pennsylvania uh, native? Yes. Okay, cool. Born and raised. Good. So uh, what exactly is Rosebud Investments? Rosebud Investments is the company that I started, but I like to say that it's more of a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So what happened is when I was about 19 years old, um, my grandmom, which is my dad's mom, Mm -hmm. she started to ask me questions about the house that she she lived in. Like Mm -hmm. if something was to happen to me, you know, what would happen to my house? What would happen? You know, all of those things that I clearly didn't have the answer to. Mm-hmm. But what we did was we put myself on her deed, which is called a dollar deed transfer, mm-hmm. right? So I think it cost about a dollar, and then I did some insurance stuff and a title. You know, that might have been three hundred, and that was fine. So remember, I'm nineteen years old at that time. I had one child, um, and that's when I was being the best cashier in the world. I got to talk to you guys about that being the best cashier in the world, but um. What happened is she did a dollar deed transfer with me. She put me on her deed, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. It literally meant nothing to me because this was the house that she had lived in my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand the dynamics of what was done. Like, you just thought just, just going through the process, making grandma happy. You know, she's, she's peace of mind. You know, okay, I'm 19, right. making it happen. Yeah, that's it. And I'm like, okay, great, whatever. So it's like you have a house at that point. At that point, I was a homeowner. But... To me, you know, I didn't know the dynamic. She still lives there, so I'm still looking at it like, you know, this is grandma's house. Right. Um, she died, like, I want to say a year after that. Mm. Like, she may have known what was going on. I will say that she wasn't the healthiest person. She was overweight, and she had breathing problems, like a COPD, which started off as asthma, but then gradually, you know, kept going. So she wasn't the healthiest, which may have sparked that conversation that she had with me. Yes. When she did um, so she died. Wow. Literally, it was sudden. Right. You know, it was unexpected. She died. So she's passed and away, example, and you now have this house in your home. In your name, yeah. excuse me. So now mm-hmm. this is the thing. It's in my name. Now, that's what reality actually set in for me, because it's like, okay, this was my house, but now this is like my house house. You mean like the maintenance, the taxes, like all of this is mine, right? Because mm-hmm. remember, her living there, I didn't have to do anything. She kept everything as is, really. Right. <laughs> right. You know? Whoa. So at that point, um, that was my first brush with reality. Like, my first, like, okay, you have to be responsible. Like, this is something that you're going to have to do. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was pregnant with my second child. So mm-hmm. here's this little girl. Um, and if you ever have the pleasure of meeting her, the way that she is now is exactly how she was then, meaning she gave me a run for my money the whole time, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> During this part of my pregnancy, my water bag ruptured. It didn't break. Mm-hmm. They had me on bed rest. She was putting me through the motions, and I did not have time to 
to really, you know, do all of the things I end up doing anyway. So the first step after she passed away was I had to go through the family feud. Uh, money tends to bring out the best and worst of all people. Right. So you have to keep in mind that I am her grandchild, but she has like 10 grandchildren. Right. Mm. Um, she also has children who are twice my senior, my father being one of them. Then I have three uncles and an aunt, and they're all, like, older than me, much older than right. me. Right. Uh, and, you, and you got the house at 1920. By myself. Mm-hmm. Nice. She gave it to me. Uh, man, listen. So that didn't go over it too well with people. Um, my grandmom's request when she gave me the house, though, they were really specific. One, she wanted me to be the landlord of the house. That was the family house. She didn't want us to sell it because that's all we had. Mm. Which I remember her saying, that's all we got. I'm like, okay. So she wanted me to be the landlord. I'm responsible if anybody lived there. They had to pay me rent. Um, she didn't want anyone arguing over it. And that was pretty much it. Well, I, that was a request is, that she made, but we know the arguments came. <laughs> so, listen, and, and that's what I was going to say. Like, that was almost impossible. What she was asking of me, I mean, she know who we related to. That's why she gave it to me. Like, you want them to pay me? Grandma, they don't pay me mine. We, hello? Like, so she, she pretty much set me up, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, the arguments came. Everybody wanted to live there at once. They were going to pay me $300 for rent. I mean, the taxes were $1,000, so you go figure. What am I going to do? It's like, hello, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And... Grandma was grandma too. So now you have that deferred maintenance because, you know, she thought she could fix everything. Right. Lord knows the type of stuff she was plugging and sealing in there. So, you know, that was an issue as well. But I do remember in the very beginning trying to honor her wishes. I said, okay, let's fix it up together. Let's do X, Y, Z. There was no togetherness. They didn't want to do anything. It, it just was really, really bad. Um, so I remember he's my husband now, but at the time he was my boyfriend. So we started to seek out contractors. And this is my first experience with anything like this, so we finding anybody. Like we want Angie's list, like Craigslist, like you know, finding contract. Well, you find you trying to find the cheapest rate too in contract. Yeah, you know, you you trying to get a deal on a deal, and so I understand where you're coming from. So listen, I'm a cashier. You know, help me fix it. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. this was the first aha moment that I wasn't paying attention to. Every contractor that came, I mean, the numbers were constant, uh, 40,000, 50,000, numbers that was unheard of to me at the time. I'm like, huh? Like, yeah, yeah, the foundation is off. I'm like, the foundation, she lived here, like, the foundation is fine, like, the house not falling <laughs> down, you know, they're killing me. But one thing that remained very, very constant was that, that you might as well sell it, I'll buy it right now. Like, it was pressing. Like, everybody who can't get yeah, sell it right now. I had this one contractor like, yeah, look, I'll walk you to my truck right now and write you the check. I'm like, huh? Like, they wanted this house really, 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 really bad. Mm-hmm. But them two were giving me numbers like, yeah, the most I could give you was 70000 you know. The most I could give you was 70000 And I'm just like, ugh. And they probably saw me coming like, they, they see this little girl with 70000 more than she probably ever had. Mm-hmm. But I didn't settle for that. Well, we're going to hire you. We're going to put a high repair rate. Look at that, the slab is breaking, the roof about uh-huh. to fall on you. I take it off your hand for like sixty thousand dollars, okay? Uh-huh. Listen, they because they're gonna cost you a hundred thousand to fix everything. You don't want to be burdened uh-huh. with this. Mm. Uh-huh. That's what they tried. Didn't work out though. So, okay, I'm a very <laughs> headstrong person. Very headstrong person. Now what ended up happening was the guy who lived next door to my grandma, mm-hmm. really well shaved, suit and tie, nice little maybe a lawyer. I don't know what he is. He became my friend because I had to go back and forth to the hospital 
And when my family would break in, because they started doing stuff like that, like breaking and squatting, <laughs> unplugging the deep freezer, letting all the food go bad so the house would smell, like they started doing really bad stuff. So he saw the hard time that I was having. So he would just contact me when something would go wrong. Like, hey, somebody in the they, house. They're sneaking in. I, I see they're sneaking through yeah. the back window. You might want to You might want to come over here. <laughs> he wasn't trying to have all that chaos next to his $300,000 house. I know that's right. right. See right there now, three hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollar house. They offer you seventy thousand house, and this is crazy. Now I wasn't paying attention to patterns. That same block that we're discussing right now, at a point in time, every house on it was abandoned, mm -hmm. and then after that, every house was knocked down. So they had it like as lots, a whole like you could stand at the corner and see the end of the block. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's how they had everything knocked down. Mm -hmm. And at this specific time. Every house on that block looked exactly the same. Roof house. I'm talking about three-story, mm -hmm. yep, rooftop deck, exactly the same. I was not paying attention. It didn't even dawn on me to ask, why is this man living next to my grandma? Like, that was a serious, that, I'm talking about the dude was fly. Like, <laughs> my, you are living next to my grandma? Didn't even bother to ask. But um, he was the person who connected me with the realtor. Because that's what ended up happening. I was overwhelmed. I got frustrated. I'm like, what am I going to do? He's like, listen, um, the guy who helped me purchase my house, he can help you. He helped me buy this house. I was like, okay, great. Give me his card. Because at that point, I felt like I was being pulled so many different ways. Right. I know he didn't want anything from me. I mean, he definitely wanted me to get my family away from him. But yeah. outside of that, you know, it was no, he, he wasn't looking for anything. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So, so with that being said, these are, I want to just point out to people, these are the people, relationships are key. That's what you're saying right now, is that uh -huh. if you didn't have this relationship, then you would, you uh -huh. would have not, you've been, you never would have understood what was going on. But more so, nope. and a lot of people kind of misgauge relationships because relationships aren't, people don't want anything. They just want to do right uh -huh. by you. And also yeah. advice and also opportunity to be successful is tied to uh -huh. that relationship. And so here you are, 19, you're pregnant, your relatives breaking in. The, the contractor's trying to trying to uh, lowball you on your home. The home next year is $300,000. Your home, they offer you $75,000 at the most, but they tell you it's going to cost you $50,000 to get it repaired. When we come back, we're going to hear the other part of this story and also how she bought nine properties in one year from Jamisa. Yeah, Jamisa. Jamisa, right? Yeah, Jamisa. Jamisa McIvor. More on Money Making Conversation. This is a great story. Testimony that we all need to hear about. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversation. I have a great interview going right now with uh, Jamisa McIvor. She's the CEO, CEO of Rosebud Investments. Um, she's telling us a story about the first experience that she had in getting property, obtaining property, and it was by basically by happenstance. Her grandmother uh, gave her the home. She passed away. Then all the relatives, all heck bros loose. The relatives going, how did you get it? Even all the way up to the big papa. So, hey, I should have got the home. Not they, it got so bad that they were squatting inside the house. They was uh, trying to, but they were breaking inside the house. But she had this guardian angel, guardian angel living right next to a gentleman who lives there. And his house was valued at $300,000. He had contractors trying to give her $75,000. And at the, at the same time, that whole block was being torn down. So, you know, construction is coming. You know, new construction is coming. Because what happens in neighborhoods like this throughout the country is that they'll go to the city, 
and they'll tell the city, we'll put new homes here, which will increase property value. Which if you, if you increase property values, that means that you can pay more taxes and charge more taxes. And cities allow that to happen. And so that's what is being uh, that's what's occurring to her her property zone right now. Correct. All right. So now you are you 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 seeing all this stuff you know that's happening around you. You got your first home. What what were the next steps that really kind of blossomed to the opportunity of you becoming a business okay. person? Okay. And so. Um, what happened was I ended up selling it. Long story short, like in a nutshell, I connected with this realtor. We listed the property at one fifteen. Mm. Okay. Three days later, um, we are at we have a bidding war going on. I'm still not paying attention, mind you. I'm like, okay, not not trying to figure out why these people want this so bad. A bidding war, like all of these are new terms and concepts. So we listed it at one fifteen. Three days later, we had a bidding war going on. By the end of the week, I end up accepting an offer for one hundred and fifty-two thousand. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's a lot of money. Oh well, yes, they are. I'm a cashier. Like that was more money than I have ever, six, ever, ever. Six dollars and uh, fifty cents an hour cashier, correct? Listen, let me tell you something. Yes, that was enough to go buy a supermarket if I wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> I was excited. I was super excited until I found out that I could have sold that house. For three hundred thousand, so this is the magic number, or three fifty, depending on how I spend it. When I filmed that out, I was like, "Well, what did I miss?" You know, at that point, I felt like I missed something. I left money on the table. I was upset, and that's when I realized that education is so, so, so important. Like having a plan, like you said, is so important. She gave me the house to said, "That's all we got," and that's all she knew. So she mm-hmm. doesn't tell me any more than she known to be true herself. You know, mm-hmm. Cause at a certain age, you know, that's that complacency. She older. Mm-hmm. She used to what she used to. She worked for it. She got a house. That's it. It was, it was that was it. Because mm-hmm. I felt like that was the American dream. You know, maybe I guess I want to say she was a baby boomer. Is that what they're called, baby boomers? Because I right. know we're millennials. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, they work. They work. They work. They retire. Do the pension thing. As long as they own their house, they're good. For me, that wasn't enough. So um, when I when I closed on it, the realtor was like, "Yeah, well, what do you want to do with all that money?" And I looked at him. I'm gonna buy houses. I remember saying it with a little shrug of the shoulder, like, hello, what else am I going to do? Because I knew that if one house got me that much money, I needed to buy more houses. Right. And I also know. <laughs> I'm going to just tell you, Miss McIver, you figured it out real fast. You know, you might have got short change on that first house, but you knew that I'm going to take this money and I'm going to educate myself and we're going to buy some more houses. So tell us about that experience. All right, so when I sat down, um, because the, the realtor took the luxury of connecting me with his financial advisor friend who mm-hmm. sent me down and said I should do the Roth IRA. And I'm like, well, what's that? You know, all these are new terms. I'm open to listen and learn. But then when he said I had to sit my money there until I was 50, and if I touched it, I got in trouble, that didn't sit right with me. So I said, you know what? I'm going um, to go over here, and I'm going to do something else. He said, all right, well, I'll connect you with my friend who's an investor. I was like, okay, great. He just made all these little connections. So, again, just being open to meeting new people and knowing when opportunities are coming. Because you never know when your next opportunity is going to come. You I'm going to just let you know this, Miss McIver. You're blessed. Because, yeah. you know, everybody who helped you was sincere uh-huh. in their efforts to help you. Because you uh-huh. were very, at the time, you you didn't have information. And so, but you no. did know one thing. I didn't get enough money for my house, and I'm going to invest in houses, uh-huh. and I'm not going to tie my money for 50 years. You knew that for a fact now. For a fact. Because I'm not going back to shop right either. You don't, 
You got to check that big. I said, yeah, all right, I ain't doing that. You know, so I had to make it work. And that's the thing. I have always been this type of determined person. I mm-hmm. figure out how. That's me. Very innovative. Um, very eager to learn. All of those things. Not afraid to try new things. My mindset. So I was a millionaire way before I got money. And I tell people that all the time. I have never been the type of person to settle for anything. Like, ever. You can't I mean, just tell me, hey, mm-hmm. it's raining and you're pissing on my head. That has Absolutely. never been me. I always want to scratch the surface. How can I? What's out there? That was always me. Very inquisitive. Even as a child, that was always me. Let me so, ask you this. Let me ask you this. You have a line here talking about investing in the urban community, the $600 uh-huh. property in the hood. What is that? Uh-huh. Okay, so that's what I was about to say. Now, my great-grandma is the one who raised me. And she owned property, too. She had two houses, one of them in which my grandfather left her after he passed away, because that was his wife, and then one that she owned right up the street. So I guess she decided, my husband up the street, I'm going to move up there, but she still had her home, which was in the next hundred. So every so often, we would get a letter on her door about a sheriff's cell. Like, a, it was a sheriff's notice. It would pop up. It's a sheriff's notice. So that's where I wanted to go, because I was curious. If these people saying they're going to take a house and sell it, that must mean they sell houses, right? So... I mean, they tried to take my grandma's. Let me see what else they got over there. Mm-hmm. When I went to the auction, my very first time, I bought a property for $1,700. $1,700. $1,700. And it wasn't until I got money that I realized you actually didn't need that much to invest. I went to the auction, and I purchased it for $1,700. And what happens is when you go to certain auctions and you bid, you don't actually have to pay the full balance of the property. You only have to give them $600, right? Mm-hmm. Now, after you give them that $600, you have 30 days to give them the rest of the money in which you owe them, or you can come out and sell their property before the rest is due. And this was a whole experience for me. Now, what happens is the $1,700 property, I gave them $600. Um, I end up owing them $1,100. Now, you know, I have the money at this time, so that mm-hmm. wasn't an issue. But it was the education that came with it that ultimately changed my life and helped me change other people's lives. When I realized this whole process and procedure, I said, well, how many people actually have $600? How many people know this place exists? Because when I got there, I didn't see anybody that looked like me. Not my age, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a few women, but, you know, they was different. They were older than me, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how many people can actually benefit from this? I know people who have $600 Mm -hmm. all the time, Mm -hmm. right? So um, that's when it was on after that. Like, I, I mean, I think that was uh, 2017, 2016, or something like that. I've been at that place every month since, unless I'm busy, but I've been there every month. So when you go place. there, just tell us how that works. You go in and then they, they, they list the properties or they show pictures of the properties or how does that work? So, well, when it goes, literally an auction is blind. They say numbers. Um, I have created a strategy in which I know which houses are going to be for sale prior to. Like, I could tell you right now, sales all the way out until January because mm-hmm. I have made it my business to master the craft of it. But if you just show up, they'll just say the property address and they'll give you the numbers. Mm-hmm. And you bid on it. Mm-hmm. It's like a car auction. It's just not as fast-paced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just purchase property. And that's the only place that you can get property that low, below market value. But I even take it a step further. If I know that you're losing your house, I'll buy it from you before the sale so I can help you, you know, not lose everything. Because what happens is a lot of these people are losing their properties and they walk away empty handed mm-hmm. and they don't have to. 
Mm-hmm. Just because of lack of knowledge. They don't know. They feel like, oh, I got to notice I'm losing my house. There's nothing I can do. No, it's actually still your house up until they bang the gavel. It's not about what you know. It's about what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Ignorance is not bliss. Mm-hmm. It is very harmful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is very, very harmful. So, when so, yeah, it, so your company, uh, Rosebud Investments, uh, uh-huh. so so do you do you have clients? How does that work? Because we have two minutes oh, wow. left in this interview. I want to make sure we get that out about Rosebud Investments. Yeah, listen, I have a lot of clients all over New Orleans, uh, Miami, Atlanta. What happens is I hold your hand through the new investor process, mm-hmm. and it's personalized. So I'll help you create a step-by-step blueprint for yourself, no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. If you have credit, no cash, I'll talk to you about leveraging your credit, purchasing properties with credit cards. If you have cash, no credit, I'll talk to you about building your credit. I even give my clients $14,000 worth of unsecured credit to boost their score. If you're somebody that doesn't have either or, I'll talk to you about purchasing that $600 property, you know, helping you sell it for a few thousand. So now you have the capital to invest in your credit, you know, to mm-hmm. be able to build. I help you create that foundation. I have helped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people become homeowners without the whole mortgage thing, the tax returns, the 800 credit scores. Like, I help people from ground level because a lot of people, they have it misconstrued. They think you need credit in a million dollars and you don't need that. You just need to be educated. So that's what I do. I educate you. I hold your hand through the process. I walk you through the door. You get a house. You're happy. I'm happy. We celebrate. <laughs> and we keep it going. We keep it I'm, going. And all this started because your grandmother had a vision. Yep. Had a vision that you didn't understand. You were just a cashier. Had one child. Another child on the way. Was given a house mm-hmm. uh, due to the sadness of her passing. And all yep. heck broke, broke loose with the family. Uh, we got 53 seconds left. How is the family uh, treating you now? Oh, man. I mean, it's different being a millionaire. I told you I had to move two hours away. Um, they respect it. They, 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 they respect it. If nothing else, I mean, they respect it. I created a legacy. So Rosebud's Investments is actually named after my grandmother because her name is Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, I created an empire. I was able to reach back and retire my great-grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, I changed lives. They see me doing it. And they, they had no choice. I mean, you know. They Good. see me, they like me, they're like, I heard your interview, I saw you doing this and that. Oh, my friend told me you have to get out. She knows, so well, good. they, they kind of got on board with it. Okay, um, cool. Well, I got to wrap this up. I want to tell you, I want to I want to promote your brand. I want to promote who you are. She's uh from from a cashier of a six fifty six dollars and fifty cents an hour to owning one point seven million dollars in property. A story to be told.